This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. This is Jimmy Scroggins with my co-host, Leslie Bennett, Family Church CFO, Scott Crawford, and as always, our engineer, Carly Seelman. Welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. We're broadcasting from high atop our complex in downtown West Palm Beach, Florida. That's the third floor of my office. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk some more about this pandemic and what our network resources team has been focusing on over the last few months And we're going to talk about how to lead your ministry teams to play offense instead of defense. During this COVID coronapocalypse, it's easy to be caught constantly reacting Mm. instead of being proactive. And that's why Scott's here, Leslie. That's right. And you can tell it's fall because we have all the sports references going. And I don't know (laughs) how many sporting events are on in my house on a given day. I'm pretty sure we had basketball going. We had baseball going and we have football going all at the same time but now basketball's over right scott is that where we're at championships are over like the lakers took doesn't the season start next week i think it does already yeah (laughs) yeah no you're right and i love fall sports right leslie so especially now we're like about five nights a week i can turn on and find either a high school college or professional football game it's it's sports sports all the time so so we love it but when we talk about playing offense rather than defense, I love what Pastor Jimmy said. It's, it's being about proactive mm-hmm. and not being reactive and not sitting back and waiting for things to happen to your church or to your ministry, but taking steps forward to make sure that you're doing all that you can. Yeah. Well, it's really important because no matter the size of your church, I mean, it's easy to look at and say, wow, family church. So you have a CFO. <laughs> I'm a one, one man band out here wherever, but it doesn't matter the size of your church or the amount of resources that you have. And some of you aren't even meeting in person regularly at this point, but all of us need to be on offense. We've all got to find a way to move our mission and our vision and our strategy forward. Even during the Corona apocalypse, you can't just go into the fetal position. We've got to continue to think about our people. We've got to continue to think about programming and events. We can't do what we used to do, but what can we do in this environment with this opportunity. we got to think about how we're going to use our facilities. We're not going to be able to use our facilities the way we have traditionally used them, but we still have these facilities. So what are we going to do? We can't mothball them until some powerful vaccine comes out. It's not our responsibility as pastors to have all of these answers because one of the greatest frustrations of mine as a leader is my inability to plan forward because I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I don't know what's going to happen with COVID. I don't know about a lot of things. However, we've got to find a way to go on offense. Yeah. You've led us so well in that during this time. And we've talked a lot about what it's been like to lead during COVID. And now we're talking about regathering and how we're regathering. And so, Scott, there's so much that your team has been doing, especially our network, all of our network resources team. So we just want to learn some of the lessons that you've learned during this season as you've led us with our finances, with our operations, with our IT, with our our HR. These are all key areas. Construction for every church that's thinking about how do we how do we move forward now? Yeah. Well, you know, Pastor Jimmy has also created a culture here where we also take the posture of a learner at mm-hmm. all times, right? So a lot of what we've been learning, we've been learning from other churches and seeing mm-hmm. what other churches are doing as they navigate the pandemic as well. So in terms of finances, a lot of the churches I've talked to, COVID really exposed some some ways that churches thought about their own finances. 
for some, it was the reality that, hey, you know what, we've never really made it a priority to set aside cash reserves or operating reserves or capital reserves of any kind and putting all the money in into active ministry. For other churches who maybe had some reserves, they realized that maybe they didn't have as much as they thought they needed. And then for others, maybe some larger churches, especially if you have debt, you were financing debt for building programs. It's caused a lot of them to kind of think through, you know, what should my debt to income ratio really look like? Mm-hmm. In terms of people, the vast majority of churches, and ours is no different, Mm -hmm. have also been looking at how do we utilize staff during this time? You know, so we may have some staff that based on trying to operate simultaneous venues of an online or worship at home uh, production model with those who want to gather in person. And churches are scrambling to try to figure out, well, how do you run Mm -hmm. two very distinct and different ministries simultaneously with limited resources. And so trying to figure out how you utilize volunteers, how you train for skill sets and, and so forth. And and then in terms of facilities, Pastor Jimmy's right, you know, you have these buildings, they're they're operational. In South Florida, at least we have to run the AC anyway because you have to because the humidity I mean <laughs> yeah, humidity and mold yeah, will destroy your right. building. Yeah, that's right. You're running the AC anyway. So how do you do that in a way that makes your good stewardship of your buildings and so for us, we've done that. We've got ministerial staff cutting grass. Mm-hmm. We've got ministerial staff overseeing cleaning crews. And so trying to figure out how you how you schedule and utilize those buildings and then try to in- increase your volunteer base as well. Our finance director, John Fix, and our facilities director, Kim Wells, do such a good job with balancing all this. And uh, they really have been a blessing to us. Yeah, so we've really had to think about how to like reinvent, reinvent some things and reimagine some things. And Jimmy, you've really challenged us to do that throughout this whole season. We can't just sit back and wait for what's going to come next. We have to keep moving forward. So what are some things that you think that churches should be thinking about as we move forward? One of the things that I would just encourage our listeners, because again, like I know some of you guys are listening to this and you're like, wow, if I just had the resources of family church, it would be easy to work through the pandemic. But it's really the same. Like it doesn't matter what the resources are. It doesn't matter the size of your church or how much money you have or how many buildings you have. All of us have to take what we have where we are and figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I would just tell you the size of your church, it's all relative. As I think I've shared on the podcast before, my friend Ken Witten told me when I asked him about money one time. We were talking and he said that he didn't, he wanted to hire a middle school pastor, but he didn't have enough money in his budget to hire a middle school pastor. And I said, my gosh, Ken, you're Ken Witten. Like you are the pastor of Idlewild Baptist Church, one of the most prominent churches in our state, in our nation. And you can't hire a middle school guy? And he said, Scroggy, that's what he calls me. <laughs> he said, Scroggy. That tick grows with the dog. That's right. <laughs> and I think that's such a, that, that really captures what I think um, all of us are experiencing. But I'll just encourage our listeners. One of the things I'd encourage you to do is, is not, to, not to go it alone. You have like-minded churches in your area, or if you don't, hopefully on speed dial, you have some, some brothers, some sisters that you can call at other churches and say, what are you guys doing? Even if you can both agree that we don't know what we're doing, that'll make you feel better. Because mm-hmm. all of us are sitting here afraid that some other church has the silver bullet and they've already got the secret formula and they've already figured it out. And we just aren't smart enough to figure it out. And they're not nice enough to tell us. Mm. And we all are afraid that that's happening somewhere. But the more phone calls you make, what you're going to find out is there is no silver bullet and nobody has it figured out because nobody's ever done this before. So I'd encourage you not to go it alone. We definitely don't think that we have everything figured out. And in the last six months, I would say, Leslie and Scott and Carly, we've tried some things that have worked really well and we're really proud of it. 
we tried some things that we stopped doing quickly because we just realized, okay, that was a terrible idea. Some of the conventional wisdom when we started all this has been proven to be correct. Mm-hmm. And then some of the conventional wisdom when we started this has been proven to be completely fallacious. So I just think that all of us have to agree that we don't know exactly what to do. But one thing we are committed to doing at Family Church, we are committed to being a church on the move. So we're not just going to sit here and do nothing and wait for something else to happen. We're going to take the resource and the opportunity God's given us, and we're going to try to move our mission forward. So, Scott, what are some of the things that your team has tried over the last several months that you you could you know pass on some of the lessons that we've learned? Like Pastor Jimmy said, some things work, some things don't. We can learn from both things, right? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So probably in two two major areas. One is, you know, we live in South Florida. That mm-hmm. is our context. And like a lot of other churches that live in an area that is prone to natural disasters, we've been working really hard to advance our core infrastructure. And by that, I mean, in terms of our IT computing and be able to move that to the cloud. Well, one of the things that COVID helped us do was kind of recalibrate that and make that a higher priority, right? So our effort to do that for a couple of reasons. One is, to go to an online production model and to be able to do church at home like we've been doing mm-hmm. required us to make some pretty significant investments in terms of some of our equipment and in our IT gear, as well as that we basically took our entire church and had them work remote, you know, for, for the better part of three months. And to do that, that required us to change that priority and make those investments and probably something we would have done on a little bit slower pace had it not been for COVID. And then in terms of people care. So again, you, your workforce, when they started working remote, Keith Albert and Sue Story, who work in our HR department, checking in with people, making sure they have the resources they need, making sure that those who uh, are working remote for weeks on end and no face-to-face contact, that they're actually doing okay and doing all the things that go with, you know, if someone presents with symptoms and all of that that goes into. So I think, again, just making making a bigger deal about our, our people care in terms of our ministerial staff, watching what they've been able to do to make sure that our group structure and and infrastructure with that, you know, keeping people engaged and still doing discipleship and ministry with our members and regular attenders, and then still uh, trying to do ministry in the community at large. You know, how do you do that in the middle of of a pandemic where we say all the time we want to be the church out there? Well, what does that look like if the church is isolated in in their homes? And so, so I think our teams have across the board, reimagined and reinvented how we do ministry, how we do discipleship, how we do worship. It's been exciting to watch. Yeah. What about operations? I mean, because that's such a huge area as well, right? So we had to, we shut everything down. We've talked about that before, not everything, but we shut and we cut our operating expenses about 50%. And now as we began to reopen again and have some in-person, we are having in-person gatherings. How has your team managed that tension of now we're expanding our in-person gatherings. We still have the same number of people. So what are the some, some of the things you've had to think through there? Yeah, that's a good question. So Kim has really done a good job working with our team. Uh, we shifted, one of the things we did was we shifted everybody's schedule. So most of our operational staff worked more of a traditional Monday through Friday. And now we found that it's better for them to mirror kind of our ministerial staffing. So they all work Sunday through Thursday, which means they're available on Sundays now to do the the spot cleaning and the sanitizing and being able to flip spaces and set up and tear down quickly, as well as then scheduling some of the the other things we talked about, like lawn maintenance and mm-hmm. other things that prior to COVID, we had actually outsourced to you know local professionals. But in an effort to try to reduce our expenses, we took some of those operations back in-house to try to cut down expenses and then utilize the workforce that we, we already had on hand. 
Yeah, and I think that was really important too because as we're trying to cut expenses in order to preserve jobs, that's one part of our appeal is in some ways we have some people who are extremely overqualified to be running the weed eater for half a day. <laughs> mm-hmm. On the other hand, we were paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for all of our different locations all together to, for someone else to do that. And so we had to make the choice while we're not able to have the same level of in-person programming as we used to have all week long and every night and Sunday day, all day. And we're kind of reduced down to one or two hours on Sunday morning for our live programming. Well, that actually freed up some space and that was a way we could do it. And I just think that that's what everybody needs to do is, hey, look, and I know you're sitting there, you're like, well, I'm by myself. I don't have a staff. I don't have, okay, well, then do it with your volunteers. It doesn't matter because all of us in our own context have to figure out how we're going to move our mission forward. And we can't just sit there in the fetal position. And so if you're sitting there and you don't know what to do, uh, I would really, really encourage you to get out your whiteboard, get a team of people around you, whether they're volunteers or key leaders or deacons or heck, your spouse or your kids, whoever it is, get them in a room. And why don't you try to draw some plays for your team to try to be on offense in some way? Take the resources you have, the opportunity you have, the people that you have. How can you at least make a try to move the ball down the field in terms of your mission and your vision and your strategy for how you're going to impact your region for for Christ? It might be something as simple as maybe you think about your finances differently. What could you do with the money and the resources that your church has? Like Scott talked about, maybe you could start setting aside some amount for future disasters. So you start setting aside some kind of reserve. You say, well, there's no way we could do that. You can do that. It's the same way you do it as with a household budget. Mm -hmm. So we would advise every person of every income level to develop some kind of emergency fund. It's Dave Ramsey 101. It's no different for your church. If, if, if you've never done it before, maybe it's maybe it's $100 a month. Well, it's $100 more you'll have in that fund than you've ever had before. Whatever you start off with, I'd encourage you to consider doing something with your finances. I consider you to do something about your facilities. How can you use your facilities? Is there If you're not using them, is there some group in the community that could use them? Is there a way you can make that a bridge-building opportunity for building relationships, for doing evangelism and being a good neighbor? What can you do with your facility during this time that would make it count for the gospel. What about your volunteers? Is there Even if you can't get everybody to come, is there some kind of training, some kind of discipleship you could do with a small group of volunteers? If you're doing online service, even if what you're doing is setting your phone on a stand, on a tripod, and showing your services on Facebook Live, is there some way you could enhance that experience for the people who are watching online? Is there something you could do to make it better? Could you make the background look better? Could you make your lighting look a little better? Could you could you do could you change the angle of the camera? Could you do something to try to improve? Because otherwise, you're just sitting there waiting for something else to happen. You know, Jesus. I know it's not explicitly about this, but the parable of the talents I think is extremely relevant. Whether you have five talents or two talents or one talent. Don't be the guy who buried his talent and said, well, during this time, there was nothing I could do. That's just not what Jesus wants any of us to do. So I just encourage you guys, if you're listening, we want to help you move forward and you should find a way forward. And I think, too, the principle in Ephesians about empowering people for the work of ministry. And I do think that sometimes we do. It's 
sometimes, you know, just easier to like hire it done if you can versus engage people. And I think we've had to reimagine what that looks like as we move forward with things like lawn maintenance and cleaning. There's other ways that people can serve and people want to serve in that way because they might not feel like they can lead a Bible study or they can get up there in front of everybody and make announcements, but they're very comfortable in the back, you know, doing the extra cleaning or they're comfortable coming on Saturday and doing the lawn maintenance. And so I think we have had the seen that happen. Don't you think, Scott, we've gotten more people in the game in some of those ways? Yeah, no, for sure. In fact, at our Jupiter campus, we have a group of guys who show up. They've built a schedule that rotates on a, on a weekly basis. Pastor Steve Scalisi, who's up there leading the charge up there with that group, meets with those guys. They do a brief breakfast, bagels and coffee. They cut the grass, they fellowship together, and it's an opportunity for him to disciple some guys and have an opportunity to be and build relationships with some guys that you're right. Man, I'd ever teach a Bible study, might not ever want to be a greeter. Uh, their work schedule might a lot not allow them to be there every Sunday, but they're there on Saturdays cutting the grass and, and running a weed eater. And, and we've seen that in multiple campuses. And Leslie, you've done such a good job with that too in our, in our production, our church at home, organizing what wasn't even on our radar six months ago. And you've taken that and built that up. And now we've got dozens of people who are all supporting that effort. And anyway, I, we've seen that in multiple places. Yep. Definitely, to quote the Beatles, have to have a lot of help from my friends with all that kind of stuff. Ah, the so, Beatles. Yeah. So they, they make fun of me when I talk with some of our uh, tech guys. I like to use their language, the basically words that I just learned about cameras and different settings for the cameras and these things. And then they just laugh at me. And I was like, I, I don't have to know everything about it, but you guys need to know everything about it. We're going to figure it out together. But we are getting more people involved on that side. And thanks to your team and the way that you've helped us. Again, we all have to work together. And that's the beauty too of times like this. We have to pull together. We have to be on each other's sides. We have to go the extra mile. I think we've learned so much about team, haven't we? No during doubt. this time. You know, it's funny too, because that's one of our high, high, high values is a collaboration culture. And it has been even before this, but this has just taken all of that to another level and relying on one another and pulling teams together and pulling more people into the conversation. And so, uh, in a crazy way, I think God has used this to really help us understand some things about leadership and mm -hmm. about how our church could work and how to even make our church, especially for our core volunteers, I think we've enhanced their experience tremendously because we've been able to focus on that. So I think that's been really good. Hey, we want to help everybody out there. If you're listening, uh, we have a conference coming up February the 4th, 2021. It's called Church for the Rest of Us Conference. If you've been to our conferences before, we used to have a conference we called Sharper. We put that one to bed. Now we're launching this conference, Church for the Rest of Us, for several years. Love for you to come be a part of it. And a lot of you haven't been to a conference in a long time. Make this your first conference. Make this, save up, put it in the budget. It doesn't cost that much. It's in February. So I want you to think about this. Some of you guys who have bad weather in February, we do not. That's we have right. awesome weather in February. <laughs> even if you don't even end up coming to the conference, tell your – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you should show up. This is going to be a fun time. This is a very small conference. There will be a small group of people here. You'll get to build relationships. You'll get to trade information with other churches from around the country. And with us, we don't have a green room. So all of us are hanging out, walking around, talking, sitting Scott down at the table. Scott will be there. Scott will be there. Les will be there. Carly will be there. I'll be there. All of our team will be there because 
We just want to interact with you. We want to learn from you. And we want you to learn from us and learn from each other. And so this is called Church for the Rest of Us. This isn't, if, you, if you're the church that's got it all figured out, don't come to our conference because you're going to mess it up. This is for the church of people that are all taking a learner's posture. And we just want to share with one another what we're learning. We do have a virtual or, a, or an online option, but honestly, that would be better than nothing, but it won't be as good. The value of this conference, come get face-to-face with us. We will be following all the appropriate protocols at the time, whatever they are. I'm sure it'll be masks and distancing or something like that, but whatever it is, come and be a part because we want to learn from each other. And I think it's this is a great, affordable way for you to take a step forward with your team. Bring some volunteers, bring your staff, bring your spouse, come and be a part. All right. Um, that's a great plug. I look forward to it. I can't wait to see what we come up with, right? Yeah. We're figuring out together. That's for sure. Look it up, churchfortherestofus.com. We'd love to hear from you. Check in with our email, check in with social media, give us a call. We will do anything we can to help you and your team move the ball down the field in your context with the resources you have. This is Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett, Scott Crawford, Carly Seelman. This has been Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.